I'd like to welcome mothers today, too, and say happy Mother's Day to you. I recognize, uh, it's my 21st year in doing Mother's Day messages, that this can be a very challenging um, Sunday. In some ways, it can be a very exciting Sunday. Uh, there's a lot of emotions in the room uh, that we carry into a service like this because moms have an impact on us. And sometimes uh, we carry not-so-good emotions into a room. And I recognize that, and I'll do my best to navigate through that today and allow Jesus and the Holy Spirit to minister to your heart where you're at today because he's capable of doing that. In light of that, I just want to recognize uh, mothers and, and women in the room today with these truths and let them minister to you today as I articulate them today. To those who gave birth this year to your, their first child, we celebrate you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We really don't mean to make it harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate you. To those who have disappointment, have heartache and distance with your children, we sit with you today. To those who have experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who have lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you long for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you through these complex paths. To those who envision lavishing love on grandchildren, Yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and we rejoice with you. <clears throat> to those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you, and mothering is not for the faint of heart. And we have real warriors in our midst, and we remember you. Lord, I ask today that you would comfort our women in our room today. I pray, Jesus, that you would do what only you can do. You tell us in the word that you offer compassion, and that you're the healer and the comforter, Holy Spirit. And so I pray that you would come into the midst of each woman's heart today and you would minister, you would bring hope, you would bring healing, and you would bring great joy. And I pray that you would just remove whatever is keeping them from being the woman that you want them to be. And I pray today that the lies that they might be believing about themselves or someone else, that they would drop them in their seats today and that when they leave here today, that they would be lighter than what they were when they walked in. I ask Jesus that you would do what only you can do. Minister, comfort, and bring healing. 
We ask this in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mothering is a very, very difficult, but very, very, can be very, very rewarding. And sometimes we lose sight of how our mother has impacted our lives. And sometimes it's fun to watch a child grow up and see how mom has impacted their life. Sometimes we don't care for what mom says, and we're not sure what she says is best. But if we pull away and get a full breath of how they impacted our lives, we're better because of it. Take a look at this man's story of his mom being involved in his life. You've got, you've got something on your face. Mom. Good job, Jane. Good job, buddy. You got this. Go, Slugger. Yeah. Mom. Did you brush your teeth? Did you really brush your teeth? Let me smell your breath. Mom. Hey, Jake, honey, this is the only thing I can find, all right? (laughs) Mom. Yeah, it's a compound fracture. Sweetheart, you're going to be okay. Mom? Well, you have a good set of crutches? Seriously, Jake, what am I going to do with you? Mom. Hi, Jake. Hi. Ooh, she's really cute. Mom. Mom? Not a chance. I left all that behind. Mom. Jake, sit up straight, honey. Mom. speaks truth when you watch uh, that story of that young man growing up. However, the opposite can be true for moms not really believing that they're making a difference and believing lies and then, because of that, comparing yourself to someone else. It's real easy to do that. And when you get into that game of comparison, no one wins. And when you begin to believe lies from the enemy that you don't have what it takes or somehow... You screwed up in raising your child and believing lies. You spend a large part of your life living way below your redeemed potential. My hope today is this, as we walk through this message, that you'll recognize that you are irreplaceable. And that because of your impact in your child's life, 
You have shaped them and formed them. And by God's grace and his impact in their lives, and he loves them more than you do, that they can finish in such a way that you could never have anticipated. My hope is this today, that you recognize how special you really are. And that's where I want to begin. I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 9 and 10. And if you need a Bible, hold your hand up. Our ushers will put one in your hand. But let's begin with this truth today that we all need to hear, and especially mothers, mothers need to hear today. And I ask you to stand as we read 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And moms, I want you to receive this truth from God's word and to push out all the lies that the enemy wants to bring your way. And I want you to let these verses breathe life into your soul today. 1 Peter chapter 2, we're going to read verses 9 and 10. Would you read it with me? Ready, read. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's read verse 9 again. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You may have a seat. Let's begin with that truth today, and specifically for moms today and women in our audience today here in the main in the link and those watching through the internet. You are God's special possession I love how the Bible was translated there. So think about that. Just pull away, and I want you to pull away from all the thoughts that are in your mind right now, and think about that. You are special. And when someone is special in your life, they go out of their way to show you that you're special. So picture, if you can, right now, as God looks down on planet Earth, he says, because you're his daughter, that you are his special possession. And when you have a special possession, you take care of it. You nurture it. You treat it as if it's something very, very precious. You, you protect it. You, you, you let them know that they're special. And today, God is saying to you, moms, that you are his special possession. He has taken occupancy and control of your life and your future. When the question is asked for you today, whose are you? You can say, I I'm a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and I am his prized possession. Now, that's a precious gift that you have today. You are God's special possession. I also want to begin with this truth and lay the foundations before we dig through this message. I want you to know this today, too, that in Philippians chapter 1, in verse 6, it says this. I'll read it. You don't have to turn there. It says that he who began a good work, God, who began a good work in you, will finish it, will carry it on to completion. In other words, God finishes what he has started in you and your children. God is a finisher. So if God began a good work in you, and he began a good work in your children, even though it doesn't appear like right now it's connecting, even though somehow it appears that they're far from God, bank on this truth. Once God starts something, he finishes it. And the word of God says this, not only is he a finisher, but that that he works all things out for good that are his children, that are called according to his purpose. So here's what that means, mom. It means this today, 
That even though maybe your child has walked off a path, and even though your child appears to be dull to the news of God, and at one time they were, if there was a point in their life where God intervened and where they trusted him as their Lord and Savior, this is what it means. He will finish what he started. He promises to work it out for good. And even though the enemy wants to tell you they're not going to turn, they're not coming back, God is a finisher. And he will finish what he started in your child's life. Praise God for that today. We can praise God for that. If you don't recognize that, then you won't have contentment. And Paul went on to say in, 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 in 2 Timothy, or 1 Timothy 6, verse 9, and verses 6 through 9, he says that godliness with contentment is great gain. And when you find your security in Christ alone and the promises of his word, you find great contentment because you're walking in godliness. And godliness with contentment is great gain. So every season of life for a woman if she doesn't believe that, and she doesn't recognize that, and she doesn't see that truth, every season of her life, she will be asking or saying these things. I wish we were further along in this relationship with my child. I wish I had this. I, I, I wish he was, my husband was like this. I wish I wasn't still having to battle like this. I wish I didn't have this problem. I wish my husband was like, I wish my children were like, I wish my marriage was like, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. And if you don't find the contentment and the promises of God and the truth of his word, you will be on this battle the rest of your life with insecurity. And every day, a woman like this wakes up analyzing her position in life. Now, and where she might be in 10 years from now, if she isn't careful, the happiness she is seeking will drive her to make decisions that will never line up with God. Then Paul says this. He says, be very careful. And specifically to moms today and women today. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. We're setting some foundational truths today. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. Paul reminds mothers, and he reminds, for, for context today, he reminds followers, but in the sense of this message, he's saying this to you, mom, today. 2 Corinthians 10, in verse 12. He says, we do not what? What's the word? Dare. dare. I mean, even, don't even dare do it. We do not dare to classify or what? What's the word? Compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not what? Wise. So Paul says, don't even dare. Moms, listen to me. Don't even dare compare you. Don't compare your mothering. Don't compare your children. Don't compare your place in life. Don't look back and say, I wish I would have. I wish I did. I wish I would have done it like her and him. I wish, I wish. Don't even Dare compare yourselves, but bank on the promises and find contentment in God and know that what God started in your child and what God started in you, he will finish it. Our God is a finisher. Bank on that truth today. See, if you don't, then here's what happens. Many women struggle with jealousy, insecurity, and sometimes it comes in very familiar ways and it stems from a loss of significance and understanding who you are. Let's pull away. You are God's special 
possession. Special, not just a possession. You are a chosen woman of God. You are his royal priesthood. You now have family. You are a daughter of the King of kings and Lord of lords. You, listen to me, you are lifted up in his eyes. That's who you are. Not who you think you are and who the world wants to tell you who you are. And it's not based upon what you didn't do well. It's what God believes to be true about you. You are the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Let me explain what happens. You get married. And you have agreed on the direction of your life as a married couple. Work, don't work. Stay at home, don't stay at home. Working mom, not a working mom. And everything is fine until the day you watch another mom, another lady post something on social media about her life and her adventures. Up to that point, you were content with the direction of your life, but now you're having a bad day with the place in life and your significance. And what happens is the enemy comes in and he eats that broken spirit. He preys on weakness, on women, and he accuses, he slanders. He tells you that you didn't measure up. He tells you your kids will never amount. And he begins to say, look what happened there. If you would have only done this. And instead of looking forward, you're looking back. And the enemy wins. Don't let him place your significance and your future in the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. He will finish what he has started. Because that happens, you have to combat. You have to fight against those thoughts. And here are some practical ways to fight against those thoughts that want to overcome you when you want to compare and you think you haven't measured up. I would say this, never allow yourself to complain about anything, not even the weather. Make it a practice. Rejoice in everything. Give praise And everything with gratitude and thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. Never complain about it. If it's not a pattern of your life, then you won't complain about your condition. You won't complain about your your, your marriage. You won't complain about your your position where you're at today. You will not. Never complain about anything. Another practical tip. Never picture yourself in a different circumstance or someplace else. Never compare your lot with the lot of another. Never allow yourself to wish this or that, that it would have been otherwise. Never dwell on tomorrow. Remember, it's God's and it's not ours. Not say, well, it'll be better tomorrow. And, and, and but if I can just get through this day, this miserable day, like this day's been horrible. Just thank God for another day of life. Don't, because you don't know that you're going to have tomorrow. Live today as if it's your last and rejoice again, I say, rejoice. Choose to be thankful for what you do have. You see, it's extremely difficult to be discontent when you're actively thankful. It's impossible to. You can't be discontent if you're constantly being grateful to God. Also, remember this, moms. This is a good one. Because every mom has to live through this. Remember this. The mundane daily tasks can lead to great things. Fixing the lunches. Combing the hair. Making sure that the the to-do list is done. Dropping them off at school. Picking them up. Sitting and doing homework. 
doing laundry, whatever it is, the daily mundane things can lead to great significant things. I think that every single time I think about David and Goliath's story. Why? We know David. We know his story. What did he do? He took a stone and he threw it, slung it, and he hit Goliath in the head and he knocked him down. And we often think about that. David was bold and courageous and yes, he was. But you know how he got to that place? His dad came to him and said, hey, I want you to go to feed your brothers. They're out there and they're working. So he had lunches. He's carrying lunches out, doing this mundane thing, taking it to his brothers. He was going to feed his brothers. But on the way to doing these mundane tasks and feeding his brother, guess what happened? Goliath got in his way. And he took Goliath down. And so sometimes those mundane tasks that you wonder, why am I doing, can lead to significant conversations with your child, can connect the dots from life to eternity, can be the point when you're making that sandwich is the only time they listen. And all of a sudden you have this captive audience. You can speak truth that will later cause them when they have to trust in God and even trust in Jesus Christ as there is nothing mundane when you're walking in the will of God. You could run into Goliath and do great things and it often begins with the simple things that you do every day. Moms, if you don't get this one down, you will spend the rest of your life miserable. Let me also give you a truth. Maybe you're saying today, Pastor Jim, why is motherhood so difficult? Why have, why have I struggled? Why some days is it so hard? The kids don't want to listen. And why is it so hard? Why are they rebelling? And why, why don't they just take these truths? Why don't they just listen to me when I say, hey, this is what you should do. Here's why. Because you're opposed and they're opposed Every mother is opposed by Satan. Every child is opposed by Satan. Think about this for a second. Why? Why would the enemy, why would he want to oppose your child? Why would he want your child to make a bad decision? Why would he want to bump your kid off into a direction that the world wants to pull him into? Why? Because this is what he knows to be true. He knows this, if your child chases after Jesus Christ, it disrupts and disrails his his mission. And so what he's doing, think about that. So pull away. Here, here, you want want to get perspective? Pull away. The next time your kid gives you a hard time, the next time your kid wants to walk away, next time your kid doesn't want to follow Jesus, the next time your kid gets off the track, just pull away and say, praise God, they're being opposed. Why? Because the enemy sees something in them is worth opposing. (laughs) It's your chance. Why would he oppose kids and children that, that wouldn't make a difference thwarting his work? The reason your kids are being opposed and the reason they make those decisions is because the enemy is afraid of them. But remember this. Here, hear me out. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen. He can oppose, but he can't win. And our God is the author and finisher of our faith. And it might appear like, wow, it doesn't seem like, man, they're turning this way and they're turning that way. Why are these preteen years so hard? Why are the teenagers, why is that gap from high school to college, why are they making these bad decisions? And you wonder, just pull away, speak truth. My God has promises to work all things out for good. And the reason they're making these decisions is because they are being opposed. Praise God. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. But there will come a day because my God promises he'll work it out for good. That's truth. 
That's what you got to speak to yourself. Can I get an amen for that? That's what you got to preach to yourself. You don't need me to preach that to you. You need to preach to yourself God's word. You see, with the pressure to be glue that holds the family together, to do laundry, to drive kids around to sports practices, cook supper, do your hair and primp up, learn how to carry a gun, meet your husband at the door after the baby has puked all over you, run four miles, milk the cows, vacuum the house, and answer all the Facebook messages from your girlfriends before they think you're mad at them. Make the doctor and dentist appointments and pull the weeds out of the flower bed. Speak baby talk all morning. Wash the dirty clothes from, from dirty dishes from breakfast and lunch all before 8 a.m. so that you can drop off the homework that your son forgot to take to school right after you gas up the van that your husband said he would do the night before, but he chose not to because he watched Sports Center three times that morning. It's hard. Seriously, for the stay-at-home mom, which is under attack, and the underappreciated mom, or the single mom working, or for that matter, the working mom who's under attack, there never seems to be no end to your to-do list. Then add the whole mix called hormones that you almost get a grasp on until menopause kicks in. And you get hot, and not hot for your husband, and he gets hot because you're hot, but not his hot. <laughs> and we wonder why it's so hard. And just then, at that moment, when it's like, oh, your mother-in-law who just happens to send you a framed Proverbs 31 picture <laughs> with a big smiley face on the package that says, hey, <laughs> happy Mother's Day, thinking of you. At that moment, you know what you want to do with that gun, don't you? <laughs> and the thought of gun control is defined in a much different way. It becomes, give me a gun and I will take control. <laughs> you see, this is when <laughs> Satan, some of you are connecting with those truths. Men, we need to understand women's hormones and emotions. And this is when Satan comes sweeping in and telling you all the reasons you deserve this or deserve that and all the reasons that you should have this or have that. Telling you, take better control of you or you will end up lonely, depressed, hopeless, with a skill or talent, not being able to defend yourself. Let me just pull away and speak to husbands and children and men today. We need to be celebrating our wives and our moms. Children, you can step up in and tell mom how much you love her too. A mom can never hear enough from her son or daughter, I love you. She can't hear that enough. Moms, am I right? Can never hear that enough. Your mom never tires of that. We need to tell them and show them how much we appreciate them. And, and husbands, we need to do our part to make sure our wives are loved. Now listen to me, children. Even teenage, college age, adult age children. The best gift that you give your mom on Mother's Day, listen to me, isn't flowers, isn't chocolate, no, no, it's good. Isn't a, a, a gift to go away, isn't a, a lux, luxurious vacation. 
know what it is? Is the best gift you can give your mama is to chase after Jesus Christ. That's the best gift. That's why they spend time praying and longing. So you're thinking about, what can I give mom for, for Mother's Day? You think, I only got five bucks. I only got two bucks. And I got to go down to Dollar General. They got 50 cent cards. Now, what can I give mom? Here's what you can do. Go to mom and say, mom, I want you to know, mom, that I'm going to chase after Jesus the rest of my life. And I love Jesus. And I want you to know, mom, no matter what comes my way, come hell or high water, you will always know that I will do my best to serve Jesus Christ. You want a Mother's Day gift? That's what you can give your mom. I will guarantee you that it'll be much better than any gift that you want to give her. Plus, moms, hear me out on this. As you begin to compare, your past mistakes do not define you. The enemy wants you to believe that. That you screwed up so badly that, that your child will never amount. And because of your poor mothering, that somehow your child doesn't have a chance. I'm coming back to this truth. God is a finisher. It's just not you raising them. You are a child of God. And when you're a child of God, our God will keep coming after his kids. Keep sharpening them. Keep affirming them. Keep challenging them. Keep disciplining them. To, to shake them and make them into the man or woman that he wants them to be. He never stops doing that. By the way, mom, perfection is reserved for Jesus. You don't have to be perfect. So here are some thoughts that often bombard your life when you start to compare. And Paul said, do not dare. Do not dare. Do not dare compare. Do not classify do not look at another mom. Do not look at the other child and say, well, we did all the things. Why? If we would only. No, no. Do not compare. Do not classify. And when that happens, these are the thoughts that bombard your mind. If I don't take control now and earn an income, I will not be able to fend for myself when my husband is gone. Insecurity. Or I'm not getting recognized for all that I do behind the scenes and I deserve more. Or I better run a controlling environment so I get what I want because otherwise it will not go good for them or me. Or when the kids are out of the house, he will find someone else younger and leave me. So I better do whatever it takes to set me up and not build us. Or God must not love me because this life is too hard and that person has so much more and I want what they have. And that will make me happy and content. All lies. And where did it come from? From comparing or classifying and forgetting that you are God's special possession. You see, demons smell a woman's brokenness like sharks smell blood in the water. And they move to take advantage of the weakened soul. My wife this week, who is an incredible mother, incredible wife. I'm a blessed man. She gets up early in the morning and she has quiet time with God each morning. And one of the mornings this week, she felt like she wanted to speak to moms. And she wrote this on social media. And it touched me so deeply that I told her, I said, and that is just good, it's profound, and I'm going to use it. And so I, I printed it out. 
And this is my wife's word, Mama Ann, to mothers today. She said this, I'm praying especially for moms in my Facebook world that are in the middle of training up the next generation. I know there are many very loud voices that would make you think you need to use your time for something more important, more productive, that makes a bigger difference. And then she said this, I just want to remind you that what you are pouring into your children in this fleeting season of life is priority. It's more important than we likely really understand in our human thinking. Then she said this, don't get distracted or off path by those other voices. And I'm praying that you are able to grasp a little more of how you are doing such an important work, investing in, discipling, and loving your kids. And then she closed by saying this, may God bless your heart in a special way and fill in strength when you feel weak. You see, moms, there's only some things that you can do. Dads can't do. No one can do. Henry Cloud, who is a Christian psychologist, has broken down and said that mom basically offered these five things. And the reason it's so hard to be a mom and your battles are ongoing is because you are opposed. And these five valuable things are under attack. So here they are. Here's what you offer. And this is what you can do that only you can do. The first one is to offer your child safety. As little people... Children experience the world as dangerous. They feel alone. And we, when we're little, don't have love inside. We have an overwhelming needs and feelings. This is painful. You can see this pain on the face of any infant who needs to be picked up or of the child who is terrified at something in their imagination. The child does not have safety inside, but danger when they're born. Safety can only be found in the mother or in whoever is providing the mothering. Safety comes in the form of a person who is predictable, stable, and danger-free. This kind of mother creates the foundation for all other tasks of mothering. And the psychologist went on to say, without this person, the child remains in a state of panic or anxiety, unable to love or learn. The mother's consistent, Caring and soft and understanding attention gives the child a safe place to turn. She transformed the dangerous world into a place of safety. That's what you offer, moms. Secondly, here's what you offer. Nurture. Webster's Dictionary defines nurture as to feed or nourish. A mother's nurture is fuel for the soul. Good mothers pour care into their souls of their children, much like sunlight and water pours nutrient into a plant. Our souls flourish when we are being nurtured and cared for. We grow, develop, and change according to the way we've been designed. Without nurture, we wither. And even the failure to thrive syndrome and many other childhood problems are directly related to the lack of nurture from a mom. And in some cases, institutionalized babies have died from maternal deprivation or lack of nurture from a mom. You see, when we were created, we were created with needs that go deeper even than our physical need for food. 
we need the immaterial and spiritual requirements of relationship in order to live from your mom. It's so true. This week, I was able to drive back home quickly and care for my stepfather. It was a two-day stint, eight hours there, stay for about 26 hours, drive eight hours back. I was able to care for my stepfather, but I was able to visit my mom before Mother's Day. What a gift that was. My mom suffers with dementia and Alzheimer's, so she, her mind isn't always there. And I was walking with my sister, and we were going in to visit my mom in the home. And I knocked on the door of her room, and she came, and she looked. She looked at me, and I said, hey, mom. She said, Jimmy, come on in, Jimmy. My sister Joni was there, and she said, Joni, and we visited with her, and we brought up some old songs trying to kind of spice up her memory. We pulled up Petula Clark songs. Some of you might remember Petula Clark. And, and, and we listened to their songs. She was a big fan of Petula Clark. And my mom was belting out the music and singing. And, and I was just telling her, Mom, you're the, you're the most special woman on earth. And I thanked her. And, and we spent a couple hours with her. And, and as we're leaving, I walked over and got to her door. And I, grabbed, I said, Mom, I just want to pray for you. And grabbed hold of Joni's hand. So I prayed over my mom. I prayed, God, that you would protect her from the demons that want to grab her soul and grab her mind. And I put protection and safety and and asked for favor. And I asked that God would send his angels to her room and protect darkness and and let my mom's life be as comfortable as possible. And I was finished and I was ready to reach over and give her a kiss. No, I'm praying for you, Jimmy. My mom grabbed my hands. Her mind's not all there. She prayed the most eloquent, life-giving, nurturing prayer that I've ever received. And as a 55-year-old man, father of three grown children, that prayer nurtured my soul like nothing else that only a mom can do. Moms, you have such great power in nurturing your children. Another basic principle that you offer is trust or basic trust. Basic trust is the ability to invest oneself in a relationship. We must first experience many instances of trustworthiness as an infant before we can trust others. We aren't born trusting. Trust is learned in childhood behavior. Trust enables us to reach out, to depend, to need, and to see others as the source of good things. We can depend on our caretaker when we reach out. She will be there, and she will respond to our needs. When we trust someone, we invest something of ourselves and hope for a good return. If we invest money, we want safety and dividends. With a good mother, we invest our hearts and our being and find a good return, which leads us to invest again and again in relationships. Moms teach us how to trust. And your children learn to trust. And so trustworthiness is begun in your child when they're small. Trust nurtures our ability to need and to depend, which allows us to grow and develop relationally. We need to need, and we need to feel comfortable with dependency. A trustworthy mother develops those abilities in us. Healthy people let themselves need and depend on others without fear. Trust, basic trust. I watched my mom do this for me and my siblings. And you know my story, maybe some don't. I come from a divorced family at four and a half years old. 
And so that was very uncommon 50 years ago. And I remember living in a home for a short period of time with a single mom and going to school and watching my mom cry at night, wonder how she was going to make it. And my mom remarried a man who became my stepfather, who was my spiritual father too, and cared for us, and they both got saved. But mom could see, and it's like she, she, she wanted me to trust, and she wanted us to trust. And you've heard this chant, but mom even came up with a chant that we would sit in the Ford Country Squire station wagon that had the seat that faced back. It was, I'm sure, it was DOT approved without a, without a deal. If you got hit, you flew out the back window. It's just... But she taught us this chant. Like, I, was, I didn't understand then. Like, mom knew. She wanted to instill trust. And we would belt it out. And my little five-foot-one mom would belt it out at the top of her lungs. Because she had a different name. And I had a stepfather, and his last name was Anderson. And we were still Browns. And we would chant it and scream it. Rain, hail, lightning, thunder. The Browns and the Andersons will never go under. Never, never, never. And you know what? I believe that. Mom had the ability. And really, the man I am today, if you cut me open, there's a lot of my mom. Moms, you offer so much. Hear me out. And you still do it with grown children. Listen, you can still pour into their lives. The fourth thing that you offer is belonging and invitation. We all need to belong to someone. And to be something bigger than ourselves. Belonging and love are at the root of humanness. Mothers, through their love and care, make us feel wanted, which transfer into later feelings of worth and confidence in relationships. We have worked with countless people. I mean, even here at Grace, and you just ask any pastor, who feel unlovable or unwanted, when in reality, lots of people love and adore them. It is obvious when I see a person like that, They have failed to receive good mothering. Mom, you help your child belong and feel invited. Lastly, this is what you offer. Someone to love. Emotional development comes not only from the mother's investment in the child, but also from the child's investment in the mother. A mother provides someone for the child to love. She is a good object of love. In order to develop emotionally, physically, intellectually, and socially, we need not only be love, but to love. Love fills us up and colors our outlook on others and in the world in which we live so that we view life with hope and optimism. We have a basic need to love people and that requires someone to love. If mother is safe, we love her. If she is not, we are either overwhelmed by isolation or we're filled with hatred. You teach your children to love. And to be vulnerable and to be transparent without fear. You teach your children to come, return and be adults who are open and vulnerable with themselves without the fear of what someone might think or do. You have the ability to teach them how to love. And by the way, these needs are universal. So why, why do you need to hear that today? Because here's why. I want you to be the person God wants you to be and the person he made you to be. I want you to know this, that the Bible tells us, forgetting what's behind, but looking ahead and pressing forward 
and to know that God is taking all this and all this and he's working it out for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. You are a special possession and God is a finisher and the best is yet to come. And so Lord, I pray over all the moms and moms that want to be moms in this room and all the women in this room, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would do what you can do, that you would go and minister to their hearts and that you would affirm the truths of God's word and that you would take all the lies that have attached footholds in women's hearts and lives and you would destroy them, break the strongholds, God. And I pray that mothers and moms would see the value that they offer to our world and they wouldn't classify and dare not compare, but know that they are making a difference and they are needed in our world. Please, God, bless our moms in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next week.